Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, episode 926 for Monday, May 2nd, 2022. to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your questions, your tips, your cool stuff found. We bring our questions and tips and cool stuff found. We link them together into an ever-evolving agenda, complete with tangents and sidebars and tangents of tangents and all of that good stuff. Because the goal is for each and every one of us, you, us, we're all together. There is no you and us. It's us. For each of us to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include ZocDoc.com slash MGG, where you can sign up for free and download their app for free today. At HelixSleep.com slash MGG, where you take their quiz and then you can save up to 200 bucks off your mattress and get two free pillows. And Collide.com slash MGG, K-O-L-I-D-E. This is a they are focused on delivering security for your organization by educating your users. And obviously, you know, that is something that resonates very well with us here because we're all about that. That's like this is I was thinking about the other day. This is like a it really is a a self-help show, just very focused on, uh, you know, on one slice of our lives. And it's it's our technology lives. So that's what we do. That's why we do it here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. And coming to you live from Austin, Texas, I'm Bob Dr. McLevitus. How are you, Bob Dr. McLevitus? Thanks for joining us. I am awesome and happy to be here. As you know, I'm a regular listener and uh, I guess I'm a premium uh, pest you're a premium pest. There you go. I was going to call you a premium guest, but you know, potato, potato. Well, when I have a question, I send it to you guys. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. And, I and, and I know you're a premium listener, so you send it to premium at com. But if, if people are not premium listeners, where do they send questions in? Bob? I believe the answer is feedback at com, Or at least it right? used to be. Feedback at com. I think he's right. Yeah, I've heard it. That's it. That's it. All right, let's uh, let's get to some quick tips. We will have lots of conversation, and we will share more about where to find Bob after the show. Uh, but but let's get into it uh, so that we can really get rolling here. The first quick tip comes from listener Dale. I had no idea of this. He says, and 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 Dale didn't either. He says, I didn't realize until this week that USB A connectors have a color convention. The plastic piece at the mouth of the connector can be white, black, or blue. White means USB 1, black means USB 2, and blue means USB 3. I had no idea. I, I think somewhere deep in, like, the, the you know, the, 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 the bowels of my monkey brain, I, I think I understood that blue meant the fastest one, USB or not, you know, the, the fastest flavor but I had no idea that black and white also meant things. So, yeah, fascinating. I don't know. Did you guys, uh, were you aware of this? Never knew. Oh, never knew. 
Cool. He says uh, these and other great things come from Glenn Fleischman's new Take Control of Untangling Connections book. So we will put a link to all of this in the show notes. Uh, Glenn is obviously a a mainstay in the industry here and knows he he, too, is an educator and really uh, gets he knows a lot of stuff. He knows a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were talking recently about making sure you had the right cables and all that stuff. And I think, John, you, you said you were uh, tweeting back and forth with Glenn uh, to make sure you had the right stuff. And so we can all benefit from Glenn's knowledge with uh, with the book. So thank you for that, Dale. Great stuff i like it when uh when a plan comes together so you know like hannibal says um the next thing comes from uh christina warren uh i I noticed on twitter she posted this a little while ago she says uh she learned that the Mac shortcut to move a file is option command v so we've got you can copy something to your clipboard right and that's that's command C and then, and, and you can do this with files in the finder too. And then you can copy it by going somewhere else and doing command V. Well, if you do option command V, it doesn't copy the file. It moves it. I had no idea. And if you hold down the option key, when you look at the edit menu, the option key will change it to move to here. Mm-hmm. What? Check it out. Really? The finder menus will also, yeah. Oh, I they, see. Uh, they're they're oh they're uh, contextual. They're contextual, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Ah, so if so. you're not sure what the option key is going to do, open the menu and look. Mm-hmm. Press the option key, and then you'll get it confirmed before you actually move B- the thing. Before the before the thing happens and is permanent and all of that good stuff. Fascinating. Ah. However, undo should work in the finder for at least the first thing. I've noticed the, that sometimes it sometimes it does for more than one. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't, but you can't count on it working for more than one undo. So that's fair. undo quickly. Undo quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I've experienced that too. I, I I I realized this morning I was in mail on my iPhone and I read a message and archived it, and then you know I read the next one. And thought, wait, I didn't want to archive that message before I replied to the person and thanked them for you know the information that they gave me. And so I shook my phone to do the undo, which is the way to undo on uh, on an iPhone. And it offered to mark the current message as unread because that was the last action. I thought, oh, crap. And then I shook it again and it gave me a choice. It gave me three uh, choices. Or it gave me one choice of three options, really. I guess that's the, the correct grammar. And one was to remark that message as read. So a redo. One was cancel. Don't do anything. And the other one was to unarchive the message. So it, 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 I, I had this stack of undos. And, and just by shaking my phone, I could move forward or backwards through it. I, I did not realize it was quite that robust. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. But you had to shake it twice to make that? happen or do you no think that it, was- it, i shook it right and it offered to let me undo the most recent thing and so oh, i and i did it again brought I, up the correct i did that option. and then it right yeah 
All right, I learned one new thing. See? Counting down. Checking your list. I, I got to come up with a, a sound for when we learn new things. Bing. Yeah, like a little bell or something. So if anybody out there, I mean, certainly I can make a sound. But uh, if anybody out there wants to make a sound for us, uh, feedback at MacGeekUp.com. We will, we will consider all submissions and probably use all of them in different ways. Maybe we'll have a sound for me and a sound for John and a sound for you, right? That'd be great. I want a cowbell. Okay. I want more cowbell. See? There you go. There you go. There you go. I want, uh, I, I want, I, actually, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any requests. I'm curious what, what's going to happen here. So, John, you want to take us to the next quick tip from listener Alex? Absolutely. So, um, here's the tip. Drop your favorite finder icons. May they be apps, files, folders, servers, etc., into the finder toolbar. Um, the Finder toolbar is in the upper right-hand corner of your Finder window. Just uh, as a <laughs> I don't think it's in the corner. Info. I think it's hmm? just I think it's just the toolbar. You can drag things anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the corner, right? Well, I'm I'm helping people. Uh, I was telling them where it is. Where, where is the Finder toolbar? It may not be obvious, but it's at the top of the Finder window. Or, yeah, it's at the, right. It's at the top. It's all those little icons that you get at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and another one. Well, I'll do his first, and then I'll do mine. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. To add, use Command Alt. No, that's uh, Option Command Option while dragging into the Finder top bar, and you will see a green circle with a plus sign, which tells you that it's ready to be dropped into the toolbar. To remove, use command option and drag out of the top bar you can even install icons for your favorite system preferences uh system library preference panes just drag and drop really? um huh sorry keep going uh, i and, learned a uh, thing even if Ding! the home slash library folder is normally hidden just drop that library folder in the top bar so it's just a click away yeah that's a good one uh use command control t to toggle toolbar visibility uh, to reorganize the icons, hold down the command key. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. And here's a screenshot and it's uh yep. So, um, so that's pretty cool. And then the other thing you can do, uh, so the thing I'll add on is if you right click in that bar, you will get an option icon and text icon only or text only. Uh, plus there's a customized toolbar feature where you can uh, assign what is up there. You may want what Apple has put up there. Or you may want more, and you can get more. Hmm. So Cool. Very cool. I like it. Yeah, I I had forgotten about that, the, the ability to, to do those types of things. That's, I actually uh, use that every so often. When I've got a project that I'm using all the time, I yeah. drag its folder up into the finder toolbar so it's a click away no matter what's on screen you know it's like i can always just open that folder and yeah it's on the desktop and it's sure in recents and it's in the the that's in the dock but sometimes the frontmost window is the most convenient way to get to something and it's a big target absolutely i don't keep a lot of stuff in there and i drag them out when i'm done so there's nothing in there right now because oh. I don't work oh, so that you... hard anymore. But, <laughs> okay, but... so this is like an actively managed uh, tray of of your in progress things. 
the important stuff that I'm opening multiple times a day. Yeah. Like like your dog is being opened multiple times a day. So. Yeah, I suspect someone's out in front. I I yes. If and you this need this is one I can't do anything about. Well, you could you could uh I could kill my dog, but No, don't do that. Just I know the Just mute your microphone while 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 John shares Clay's quick tip. I will. <laughs> All right. Um so Clay okay. wants to let I'm, us know. Um there is a feature of the iPhone emergency calling that can be useful for privacy protection as well. When you click the side button, um, the power button, uh, five or more times, the phone will give a countdown and then call emergency services. Uh, whether the call is made or is canceled, this disables Face ID, Touch ID, and Unlock with Apple Watch until the device is unlocked with a passcode. So this is a quick and easy way to protect your device uh, from an accidental unlock through the biometrics that we use for convenience. Another way to trigger this on iPhone and iPad is holding the appropriate button combination to shut the device down. Yeah, I, I like this one that it, because it, it, it allows you, you can in your pocket do this. And, and I remember when Face ID or touch, no, not Face ID, when Touch ID first became a thing, there were people coming in through customs who were concerned about, you know, being searched and 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 if their device was, you know, you can be compelled to unlock the device with a by physical means, but not with something, you know. And so uh, by putting it into this mode, you would then have to type in your passcode and, and you're good to go. So, yeah, I remember a lot of people saying they were doing that as opposed to, you know, wiping their phones before they came back through customs. So mm -hmm. I've never wiped my phone before I come back through customs. I'm more worried about, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm worried about. Probably getting home. <laughs> I'm worried about losing all my pictures. Mm. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, there are a number of ways to make this happen. And the one way that I found quite by accident uh, is I was trying to take a screenshot, which on my phone is the power button on the right and the volume up button on the left. Right. Um, if you hold those down too long, that also activates the SOS screen. And I freaked out the first time it happened to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. I don't want to call 911. Well, and that's what you can do in your pocket because it, it your phone will vibrate when it moves to the SOS screen. And then if you let it go, it it won't call 911. Right. So that's that's the key. You can do this completely, you know, uh, without looking at your screen, which is potentially handy. I don't know. Hey, uh, I learned a thing this week. Well, really, it was something that was born of frustration. I. I can't tell you how many times I'd be in mail and this has happened over the years and I hit command T and I get the uh, show fonts window of mail, which I pretty much have never wanted to use. There might have been one time. So maybe I'll, I'll join Sean Connery in saying, uh, was it never say never again? That was, yeah, that was Sean Connery. Uh, however, what I really want it to do, especially now that we have tabs in mail is I want it to create a new tab in mail because my fingers know that command T means new tab because I've been trained by every browser that I use. And yes, I get that command T in mail has long been reserved for the show fonts window, but I don't want that. The good news is you can change this. And so if you go into system preferences, keyboard shortcuts, and you go down to the um, the app shortcuts portion of this. 
You can add a shortcut for all applications or you can add it for just one. I added a shortcut for mail. And the trick to this is you go. I, I looked in mail first and saw that new viewer tab with NV and T capitalized is how that menu item for a new tab appears in mail. So I typed that exactly into the menu title field. And then I assign the keyboard shortcut of command T and I say add. And now in mail command T just opens a new tab, which I absolutely love. To which I would add, look closely and see if there's an ellipsis after the menu item, because if you don't add the ellipsis, it won't work. That's fair. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, it has to be exactly what the menu item reads as. Uh, and then it, and then it'll work. And what's cool is if if it, like uh, in the finder, we were just talking about, you know, command option V contextually changes the menu. If you want to have a simpler shortcut for one of those contextual changes, look in the menu and see what that contextual change becomes and then type that in and it will magically just appear as another line item in the menu with that shortcut ready to go. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Um, I like this. You know, it's it's what we do. It's what we do. But it, I, I made my life better with this one for sure. So. All right, John, Tim. All right, Tim reveals things that are hidden. <laughs> um, I was looking to see if I could download an iPad app onto my M1 MacBook Pro. So in the App Store, I clicked on Account Settings, Hidden Purchases. I didn't know there was access to old Mac OS versions available through the App Store. Did you? Huh. Um, All right, that's true. And Dang. truly, Dang. yes, um, I, I actually... Uh, so for me, I saw an El Capitan Gold Master and Lion Server that I had downloaded at some point in the past, obviously. So I didn't know it puts it in the hidden list. Yeah. Um, wow. Now you may ask yourself, not only how do I work this, but well, how do you hide things? Um, so just to let people know, if you go into the App Store, you click on your account, it will show you your purchases. Yeah. Um, if you hover over one and you click on the dot 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 one of the options is hide purchases and i have a lot of things hidden because you know after all these years my app list is like huge yeah there's stuff that i don't use anymore and i don't want to see it because it wastes space so interesting two tips yeah. in one two tips in one uh that made me realize when all three of us said we learned a thing, we, we, we really will also need a sound for like the trifecta uh, when everybody learns something and it's not just one of us. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you're a winner. Uh, I do want to share a, 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 a bit of condolences this week to macOS server since you mentioned it, John. Uh, perhaps it's time to pour one out for macOS server because it's no longer a thing. That's, you know, the um, functionality. Yeah, what? Where was the? But yeah, if you were in the app store, you would get a message saying, uh, by the way, this is the last version that we're going to release. Right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's no more, no more Mac OS server, which really was just a GUI on top of. And I say just a GUI at the time. This was kind of revolutionary. Uh, it was a GUI on top of all of those, those Unix services that were there. And slowly it has eroded to now nothing. So, 
uh, you you would need. I mean, a, I mean they defeatured it. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the, the, where you knew it was going to die is when they defeatured it, and the only thing it would do is uh, MDM. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Before, I mean, it had you like I think a mail server and you know an LDAP server and uh, everything servers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, it, well, and and all of those things are still there. It's just what we lost is the GUI to manage them. Uh, that's mm-hmm. all Mac OS Server was really was. But it was a good GUI. I, I, I say mm-hmm. just, but it's probably dismissing the value of it. So right. for people like me who prefer not to use the terminal whenever they can, you know, it's like yeah. if there's a GUI, I I'm more likely to choose that. Sure. So I'm sad to see that go. Although I haven't been doing very much server stuff lately. Right. Well, even to that point, like system preferences is simply a GUI for things that you can do in the terminal. Uh, there it's, it really is no different. It's, it's just, they, you know, all of Mac OS can be managed by editing plist files or or setting defaults and uh, and all of that from the terminal. It's just why would you bother to do that when it's right there in front of you? I mean, I I say that as someone who manages all of my homebrew packages from the terminal uh, instead of using like Cakebrew or something. But I, I do that because all of the things that I use homebrew for are terminal based apps. So I figure well, that's I'm right here. It's fine. And plus, I can if I'm sitting on the couch, I can log into my other computers and do the updates of the you know, I can type brew update or something like that. So, hey, speaking of sitting on the couch, James Thompson sent out a tweet the other day. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm navigating around on my Apple TV, I don't really have any idea which thing is selected because it just gets bigger. You know, the, as you're as you're as you're kind of moving through the chiclets of the the grid, they they just get bigger. And sometimes I have to move, you know, left and then move back right and be like, oh yeah, okay, I was on that one. Well, James Thompson has an answer for us here. Uh, he says, go to settings. This is on your Apple TV. Go to settings, accessibility, display, focus style, and change it to high contrast. And all of this stuff is in our show notes at MacGeekUp.com, so you don't have to worry about remembering the things we're saying. Just remember what you can do. We got you covered on the how, but uh, yeah, it's great. And so with that, it, um, it shows a white circle around the selected item, making it much, much clearer that such things are in play. I like it. It's, you know, makes life easier. So focus. Focus style. Yeah, I know. This is this is why we do what we do. This is it. Fun stuff. All right. What's next here? We do have an agenda. Gary. Yeah. All right, Gary. Gary wants us to make sure that we know that with Siri, uh, you know, we were talking about low power mode on the last episode and activating it on our iPads. I have turned on low power mode on my iPad, by the way, tangentially to this. I see no reason not to leave it on. I, I mean, I said last week, why would somebody want to have it? And then I thought more about it. Why would I not want to have it? Like, what do I need my iPad not in low power mode for? I don't know. But I sure would like to be able to pick it up and just know that the battery is being pre- well preserved. So anyway, uh, Gary says, I like the idea of Dave's shortcut for reactivating low power mode when it turns off. It's an automation inside shortcuts. 
And you can listen to it in the last episode if you want details on that. But he says, uh, did you know that Siri can turn functions of your device on and off at will, including low power mode? Uh, you can also ask to do other things like turn the flashlight on or off, turn Wi-Fi on or off and many other things. So, yeah, that's right. I forgot that uh, that Siri can manage low power mode for us, too. So, these are the things. This is why we do the show. Thoughts on that, guys? Nothing. I got two of you here and you're and they're both silent. I got I nothing. Love it. I love it. I got nothing. Love it. All right. John, uh, any thoughts on that? No? No. Okay. That, that was one I did know. Yes. That's okay to know it. Like the listener, you know, it's that these are the that this is the beauty of the quick tip, right? It's the things that are so obvious we wouldn't even think to tell people about them. Uh, until someone sees you do it. And then it's like, what dark arts are those? You know, and, and, and then you, and, and then you tell them and, and, you know, the world is blown. The minds are blown. So uh, I have one last uh, uh, quick tip to share. And then, uh, then we'll talk about a couple of our sponsors. Then we'll talk about Apple self-service repair and we've got some of your questions and all of that good stuff. Donna shares, it's a, it's a technology-related quick tip, although certainly not a computer or a, a portable computer. These are computers. I don't know. Listen, Donna says that, like many of us, her car has three automatic seat settings, but for her, only two drivers. Uh, her uh, And she sets her to number one on the thing, and her husband, who sets himself to uh, number three. For whatever reason, maybe it's just easier. They have a, you know, the, the, the buttons are at either end of the, the list. So you're never going to hit the wrong one. She says every now and then, though, and this has certainly been true of all the cars I've owned in the last 15 years. The car loses the memory of one button or the other, she says, or we accidentally do something to cause it that we haven't figured out. Unfortunately, she continues, it always feels like you never get it back exactly right when you reset it. The last time this happened, my husband generously suggested setting number two as the same as number one. Then it's very easy to hit number two uh, and push and hold number one to reset it. So if number one loses its settings, hit number two, put the seat where you want it, and then boom, reprogram that, that uh, end result back in to number one. I like this tip. I am definitely going to do this in my car because it drives me crazy. When I get in the car, you know, it's supposed to tie to the key fob. And if that doesn't work, I hit the button and the button like goes. It's like, cool. Great. Wait, do you have a Subaru? I do currently. But this happened with uh, our BMW before this and my Volvo before that. But I do. We do currently have three Subarus and they suffer from this. Yes. Yes. And most of the time, I think it erases all of them. (laughs) When when I lose them, I think it erases all three. Uh-oh. But I'm going to try this anyway. Yeah, why not? What's the harm? It's better than nothing, right? Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. One, uh, my Subaru, the Subarus, my one complaint really about Subarus is the, it is far too easy to leave an interior light on without knowing it. Uh, and and it it happens to me, like the switch in the, the, you know, I have an Outback because I have my drums and I'll pull them in and out. And it's super easy for that switch to get kicked when I'm like pulling gear out. And if I if I'm not super vigilant about it, you know, usually it's the battery has enough juice to last like through a gig or whatever. So I'm not screwed. But 
but I, you know, I, it's not uncommon for me to come to the garage and it's like, oh, yep, battery's dead. Must have left the light on. And uh, it forgets a lot of settings and the seat settings, I think, are one of them. It, it resets my tire pressure gauges from PSI to KPA. And that's not a conversion I've ever memorized. So like like when I was driving home from your house from Pepcom the other day, John, I was like, ah, you know, I wonder if my my tires are right. And I, I went and changed. I looked at the thing and it was like, oh, crap. I, you know, I'm in KPA. I have no idea. But uh, and you can't change those settings while you're driving because they say that's super dangerous, which, I, you know, being focused on a screen. What? I highly recommend you all get and I'll find a link to one of the ones I bought, but it doesn't matter which one you get. I highly recommend we all keep uh, batteries in our cars that can jumpstart our vehicles as well as recharge our iPhones. John, you and I were talking about this the other night, too. That's a that's that's a handy thing to have without because you can jumpstart your car without any other. You know, you don't need another car, which is huge. So, and the batteries don't have to be that big. It's, it's amazing. They just need cranking power and it's totally doable. So you've got yeah, one. Mine also has a air hose so I can pump up my tires. Oh, shows me the pressure, which is nice. Oh, okay. So that's, that's going to be bigger <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think the one I have is like, you know, a little bit larger than an iPhone, right? Maybe like two iPhones thick and one and a half iPhones long or something like that. But, uh, yeah. All right. Any more on that before we before we move on? Okay, then uh, I the next thing I'd love to do, if it uh, works for you, Mister Braun, is to talk about our a uh, couple of sponsors for this episode. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, you know we've been able to travel again recently, and that's been a wonderful thing. But there are some things that I miss when I travel, and one of them is my mattress from Helix Sleep. I got this about eighteen months ago, and I really can truly say that I've never slept better, more consistently than I have since I got this Helix Sleep mattress. It's because Helix understands that everybody's different, right? So they have different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, and firm. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So Helix Sleep has this two-minute quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. You can take it alone, the quiz, or you can take it with your sleep partner. Lisa and I took the quiz together, and it matched us up with the Midnight Mattress, which has been perfect. This quiz works. We love this thing. It really is fantastic, and setting it up was easy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash MGG. Take their two-minute quiz. They'll match you up to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And they've got a 10 year warranty and you get to try it out for a hundred nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is now offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you. Our Mac geek Ab listeners at helixsleepcom slash MGG. So go check it out. helixsleepcom slash MGG. And our thanks to Helix sleep for sponsoring this episode. Next up is ZocDoc. You know, finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. Will they take your insurance? Will they understand your needs? Will they be available when you can see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. ZocDoc is a free app, free, that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, who take your insurance, 
and who are available when you need them. You get to read up on your local doctors. You get verified patient reviews and you see what other real humans had to say about their visits with each of these particular doctors. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. And you just go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, whether you want to see a doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. So you can find the doctor who is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. And every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. And I'm one of them. I've used ZocDoc to find doctors around here. It's fantastic. So what you're going to do is go to ZocDoc.com slash MGG and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within just 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash M-G-G, ZocDoc.com slash M-G-G, and our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring this episode. Next up is Collide at K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash M-G-G. Collide is perfect for organizations which care deeply about compliance and security, but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they become unusable. Instead of frustrating your employees, Collide educates them about security and device management while directing them to fix important problems. And it does this by sending your employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Linux, Mac, and Windows devices right inside Slack, so you're already good. And at Collide, they know end users are IT admins' most significant, untapped resources and key to solving the most challenging-to-fix issues, including... Instructing developers to set passphrases on those unencrypted SSH keys. Convincing employees to uninstall evil browser extensions that may sell their browser history. Or finding plain text two-factor backup codes and teaching your end users how to store them securely. Those are just some of the use cases, but it's all about educating and lifting everyone up. So go visit collide.com slash MGG to sign up today. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MGG. Enter your email when prompted to receive your free Collide gift bundle after trial activation. Check it out. Collide.com slash MGG. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. All right. So Apple has opened up self-service repair. Uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, for those of us that have been watching Apple for a while, this is a new thing. Uh, this is not something we would have predicted the uh, years ago. I mean, it, it's been heading in this direction. But uh, but the way that it works is it's an online store and they have hundreds of parts and tools. Uh, th- and you can actually rent a toolkit if you don't want to buy one too. You, to to start the process. They say. You go online to support.apple.com self-service repair and you review the manual on Apple's website and then you visit the repair store to order your parts and tools. And of course, all the parts are genuine Apple tested, yada, yada, yada. And like I said, they've got tool rental kits for 49 bucks so that you don't have to purchase tools for a single repair. Although I will say that for 49 bucks, you can probably buy a toolkit that will cover most repairs if you if you're a little uh if you just do some research and you know if it's not from apple go get it from iFixit or or whatever but um but yeah i i found this really interesting i i don't john what are you what are your thoughts on this um i think it's a response to um 
right to repair legislation? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, for sure. So yeah. there is a movement um, that's trying to encourage manufacturers to allow you to do as much repair on your own. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'd still go to Apple. So I, I fumbled my, uh, my iPhone 8 and broke and, and the screen cracked. It sure. still worked fine, but the screen was cracked. And when I wanted to trade it in, Verizon was like, well, no, we don't, we're not going to take that as a trade in. So I had to get the screen fixed. Then, so I went to the Apple store and I think it was one to 50 and they'd had it done within an hour. So, um, I think- and they even suggest this in their article that it was like, if you're not comfortable and it's like, eh, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable around electronics. It's just, I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> it, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give it to someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, and and that's still an option, right? This is this like you said, this is almost certainly, you know, catalyzed by right to repair. And that's you know, and so now people have this option. And the nice part is, you know, by if you follow their steps, you would be looking at the manual first, helping you decide is this a headache? Uh, you know, do I want to so so to speak, open this can of worms? Uh, but you can get, you know, like I'm looking for my 13 mini. You can get the display bundle and uh, it's, you know, for the 13 mini, it's it's interesting. It's 228, 228 U.S. dollars. And then if you return the part you replaced, they'll give you a credit so that it winds up being one hundred ninety four dollars and thirty five cents when all is said and done. So and obviously the prices are different for different things. Very interesting. And you can just order screws if you've lost the screws. Um, that's, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy to see this. I mean, it's nice that this option exists. I, uh, you know, I, I know how hard it was to get parts. Like that's been the biggest issue for, for any of us that want to do this on our own is, is that sourcing parts was, you know, previously really, really difficult. Uh, you know, the way third party repair shops would get parts is Apple would sell like in bulk and companies like I know like Tech Restore years ago, it was kind of their whole or a segment of their business model was they would buy in bulk and then go through and make sure the, you know, figure out which ones were good and which ones weren't because Apple would just be selling, you know, tons out the back door or whatever. And and then uh, and then they would piecemeal those off to, you know, folks who wanted to repair their devices. And I presume that's how everybody else did it, too. But now you can get them right from Apple, which is which is great. Like that's I, I see I see no reason why we didn't have. I mean, I see lots of reasons why we didn't have this option before. I'm happy that those have gone away. <laughs> you going to repair your iPhones, Bob? No, no. All right. No, they're too small. I might repair a desktop Mac. Yeah. I'm not sure I would repair um, a, port, a portable a laptop, and I probably wouldn't repair an iPad or iPhone, mostly because my fingers are too fat. You know, it's like <laughs> those are really small dealies. Plus, at, at my age, my my vision isn't – I'd have to have a magnifying glass lights and yeah easier to take it to the apple store and let a pro do it yep yep no that that's that's absolutely fair yeah 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 and it, unfortunately most you know of what we call desktop macs now a mac mini 
an iMac. Aren't upgradable. They're not like they're no. Di- they are laptops in 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 different shapes and colors, right? Like in terms of the, the I always said that laptops. You know, when 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 we were repairing laptops versus repairing like tower machines, uh, you know, that were truly desktop machines. Those were, you know, single layer the, the desktop tower machines were single layer machines. You crack the case open and whatever everything part, was there. Yeah. Whatever part you needed to repair, you could just get to. Right. Whereas with a laptop, you know, you might have to peel back four layers of the onion before you can I get call there. it excavating. That's a great term. <laughs> you have to excavate to get to certain parts. And <laughs> to me, it's just too much trouble. I, love I, it. I, I don't know. Yes. I've never, I've never really been one for fixing stuff myself anyway. Yeah. Uh, especially when it's small and delicate. I, I, when I had my consulting business, I told all of my clients, I do not work on laptop hardware. And I had one client once, uh, actually I, I can probably tell the story and, and name him by name. It was Jan Hammer, uh, John uh, and Bob, which you'll probably appreciate the, uh, the keyboard player from the Mahavishnu orchestra, but most famously wrote the Miami vice theme song. I was just going to say, didn't he write the Miami vice theme? Yeah. We actually did a great interview with him on gig gab a couple of years ago where he talked about, he, I mean, he played with so many different people. He even played with Jaco Pastorius, which really, like I had no idea until we did that interview. But anyway, uh, he called me and and his son's laptop had died. And he's like, I need the data off the hard drive. I don't care what happens to the rest of the laptop. And I said, okay, I'm going to take you at your word for this, Jan, but we're going to talk about this. You're going to give me the laptop. And the only thing you're going to get back is the hard the drive. Hard disk, yeah. That's it. I said, now I'll, I'll take the data off the hard disk. I'll, you know, I'll, we, we'll deal with all that. I said, but... The remains of the laptop will be discarded. Are we okay with this? He's like, yeah, this is a one-way trip. I'm like, okay, one-way trips into laptops, that I can do. Boom! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, I, I, I still use the iFixit repair manual at the time to do it, whichever Mac laptop it was, but uh, I think it was. To a, excavate. To excavate, yes. Yeah, I love that term. But then you threw away the rest. I did. I I, I, I laid waste to the uh, the remains there. I actually have had clients have me do that also. Yeah. They don't care what happens as long as they get the, even, they don't even care if they get the disc back. No, they just as want the data. the data comes back. Exactly. And, yeah, and that's all that's all Jan wanted too. He's like, just the data. I'm like, yeah, I got you, Gan. Like, if the data is still intact on the drive, you will have it. I, the, I can that I can I can assure you. Uh, yeah, what a disaster that was. Still diving in. He was like, you need to help me. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. I, you know, I love you, but <laughs> here are the here are the terms are of the, this deal. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and then he taught me how yeah. to play Star Cycle on the drums, which was great. He's a, he's a fantastic drummer, by the way. Jan is. There's an entire Santana album where the only instrument Jan played on it was drums. Believe it or not. So, go ahead, John. Sorry. No, I'm just wondering if future products. There. Well, no, obviously, I guess. I mean, so now you can repair a 12 or a 13, I think. Yeah, it's only iPhones right now in in Apple's self service. But it will be That's Max right. as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how far back we go when we are able to repair Max. Right. Like what with with which models does it start? I fondly remember. So my current machines uh, were not user 
serviceable at all. Um, sure. But the ones prior, I mean, I liked to, you know, put in my own memory, put in my own SSD and replace the battery when it got shot, which you were able to do all those things. Yep. Once. Once. <laughs> Once upon a time. Yes. And even yes. the mini, the mini was a pain in the neck, though, because you had to, like, take the motherboard out in order to get to the hard drive. And it's like, oh, we yeah. designed this. It's no, the mini portable, is a laptop. Of yeah. course. Yeah. It's, min- you have to excavate it. You got to excavate it. Yep. <laughs> Layer by layer. Excavating the layers. I like it. And it didn't look to me, Dave, like uh, you save a ton of money doing the repair yourself anyway. I I didn't do a a detailed comparison. I don't think. But it sounded to me like, you know, for a screen repair, for example, it's about the same if you walk in the Apple store and give it to them. So I'm not sure what you gain here other than the satisfaction of self-repair. Oh, yeah. No one no one said that Apple had to set this up in such a way that people were incentivized to do this for themselves. They just I'm not mistaken, though. Those prices look I mean, I didn't check what Apple's current replacement prices are, but it seems ballpark the same. Yeah. 13 Pro Max display bundle, which looks to come with the display kit, the screw kit, the display adhesive uh, is a. Oh, I'm looking here. You know, that's three hundred and twelve dollars, two seventy five, two seventy eight when you're all when all is said and done. So, yeah, that sounds about like what it would cost if you walked in and said, I need a new screen. Please help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't disagree. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a world where these prices were more than what you might pay in the Apple store. Because all they have to do is honor the letter of the law, which is allow self-repair. You don't have, you know, I don't know how they could induce them to price it in any way. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's not how the world works. They just have to supply it, right? That's it. You gotta gotta do it. Okay. Check the box. Next. (laughs) Yeah, they're (laughs) $9,999, but (laughs) hey. Hey, you can buy it. We'll take your money all day, every day. That's right. But if you have a problem with this, we recommend you visit the Genius Bar. We have a price structure there, too. Yeah. Yep. Where we can do it for less. We can do it for less. That's right. Wink, yep. wink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think most people will be just like you guys said, you know, you you are like, why bother? Now, there may be a scenario if if, uh, you know, the, the stores near you, if there are no stores near you. Right. No Apple stores near you. Or if they're shorthanded in that moment to the point where, you know, repairs are six weeks out. And you can get the parts the next day. Well, now maybe that option looks a whole lot less daunting than waiting six weeks to have your iPhone repaired. Right. So I, I, I can I can see, you know, like never say never. Maybe that seems to be the theme of the episode. That should be the theme for today's show. Yeah, never no, we say had, never. We had uh, we had we had some other good ones. I liked excavating right. the layers, too. All right. Excavating. The I don't know. Layers. I'll play with some uh, some. Some topically some clip, art. clip art, topically sent, topically appropriate clip art. Yep. Like when we we did that episode with Allison Sheridan, the the title was going to be Spring Break, and the, you know, I, I apps icons go crazy. Spring Break, and I cooked up this whole thing, and then I found that picture of the abandoned storefront, and we decided that Cost Mart in Kaskechewan was a much better way to go. And but maybe the Cost Mart in Kaskechewan will sell you. These Apple parts uh, at a discount. I don't know. 
I would always check because that's the place. That's where I shop first. I used to say it was other world computing. That's where I shop second. The first place I shop is the cost Martin Cascatcher one. So John save us from this silliness. Will you please, you want to tell us about Elliot's uh, tip here? I love this. Okay. Um, Elliot says, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's because I'm aging, but I increasingly have a need to swiftly jot down notes while I'm working at my Mac before I lose some ephemeral piece of information. Um, of course, with a few steps, we've always been able to open the notes app or any other text editor quickly jot something down. One step faster, certain apps put an icon in the menu bar to open a notepad. And of course, you can configure hotkeys to quickly open writing apps. But Monterey introduced the absolute fastest way to start a new blank Apple note with the new so-called quick note feature. You can do it with a hotkey. Default is function cube. That's the best way to activate quick notes is simply to move your cursor to the bottom right hand corner of the screen and click on the white button that appears to open Apple notes. Huh? Oh, it's, have you not um, done that yet? It's, it's, no. it, it, he's right. It, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. Okay. Um, either to the last note or a new blank note, as you configure it, your note will, of course, sync across all devices via iCloud. However, I've been envious and frustrated by this innovation because I would much rather use drafts by Greg Pierce from Agile Tortoise, 10 years old and still being actively developed in leaps and bounds. Uh, then Apple Notes, given its support for plain text and markdown, you must... Have covered drafts at some time, but just in case drafts is a tagline set is truly where text starts for me on my Mac. Whenever you open the app after a configurable interval, I have mine set to five minutes. It opens a new page to accept keyboard or dictation text entry. You configure any actions you desire with the entered text, whether it's going to be saved as a new note or appended to an existing one. Copy to the clipboard, sent as an email message. Tweet or text message, save as a reminder or new calendar event. Add it to my journaling app instead into any other app, etc. There's an extensive library of actions that integrate with a wide variety of apps and services and an active user community always developing new ones, new entries. So this is all, uh, he, okay, so we're, we're, we're on a little bit of a tangent, which is a fine tangent. Mm-hmm. This is a cool stuff found, right? Like for sure about yeah. this drafts app. Yeah, I, that's, that's, that, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I got to dig back into that. That sounds, do you use drafts, Bob, or are you, you I, an Apple Notes guy? I have become an Apple Notes guy. As you may recall, I wrote a couple articles when I was switching from yeah. uh, Evernote. And at this point, I'm pretty comfortable with using notes as my like junk drawer. We we've used Evernote for a while here for Mac Geek Gab, largely because it it allowed us to put you know all the PDFs that like the one that John's in the middle of reading right now where I interrupted uh, for this for this tangent, but uh, and it syncs amongst us. But of course, Apple Notes now has sync, and Evernote has not had Apple Script support in the new versions in a while. So we are stuck on Evernote Legacy, and I am real close. Really, I'm just. A, a a free afternoon away from converting us to ever uh, to Apple Notes for the entirety of what we do here with the show, <laughs> but the uh, because it's I mean it's it's definitely the way to go uh, as long as we don't wind up doing a Windows related show and have to bring in some person that's not an Apple user. <laughs> but all that being said, uh, like well for this week for you Bob, I packaged up the, the this week's 
section of notes. And I sent them to you as an ENEX export, which is an Evernote export file. And I, I don't know if I you tried it. it. I opened it in, uh, well, because I still have Evernote on my disk. Uh, when I double clicked it, it opened Evernote. Got it. But I thought I'd take a look at it in notes. So I right clicked and said open with and opened it in notes. And it opened as, what is it, a folder? Yeah, yeah it adds a whole folder. new folder. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's great. And it like all the stuff's right there. So yeah, yeah, yeah really impressive. What but, are those called? Emix files? E-N-E-X. 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 Yeah. But there is a great tip here because you know what 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 you the scenario you've painted is Elliot loves Apple's functionality of move to the lower right and open a new note. And I agree, <clears> it's great. He just wants it to be app independent, but thus far that we've found there is no setting inside notes like there is in Safari or mail to set the default notes app. However, Elliot has a path for us and you're going to share that with us, John, by the yes. way. Oh. And I'm not sure why this is, but my notes button is in the lower left corner and I don't see a way in notes to choose that, but somehow I've, Managed to get it so that when I drag down to the lower left corner, I get the quick note. All right. Well, that's a geek challenge. Know. If somebody knows how to configure where that appears and it is it in like where whatever happened to mission control, like th that whole is it in desktop and screensaver? Right. It could be, it, you know, like you it would have hot... to be somewhere in a, a system preference because it's not in notes preferences. If you, you go can to... enable and disable it. Well, he tells us where it is. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Then, because it is, it's in hot corners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. So if you look at the hot corners that are connected to displays, mm -hmm. for example. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's quick note. But John, you have a path for us, don't you? Right. So, um, so yeah, the goal is to replace notes with drafts. Um, and Elias says, I just realized that I could do this using better touch tools. Um, since discovering the moving the cursor to the screen quarter is one of the classes of triggers that better touch tools support. Uh, um, so I got rid of the built-in quick notes function by going to system preferences, desktop and screensaver, screensaver, hot corners and unchoosing quick notes from the lower right hand corner. So uh, that answers the question. And that's how I did this. it. <laughs> Uh, then open uh, BTT to the main screen, click on the actions drop down and choose the automations and named and other triggers menu item for me it is command nine, but it'd be different for you. Uh, one of the triggers you can choose in that action is move mouse to screen corner and configure the right corner as the trigger to open drafts. Of course, you can use any other trigger if you prefer, but the lower right corner is right for me. You can also choose to require a modifier key um, for example, only trigger when you move to the right corner while the control key is down. Uh, by the way, as a bonus tip, if you have an M1 Mac laptop with the screen notch, another class of actions you can use as triggers uh, are notch related, such as clicking on the notch, uh, single, double, or right clicking, or moving you, your cursor into or out of the notch area. Huh. That's cool. I had no idea that I, I like this. I like this. Yeah. I, I looked quickly, John, while you were sharing that to see 
if there was some world where keyboard maestro could do a, uh, you know, a similar trigger, right? Because that, that's all we need is something that's running. And if, if you're, you know, I, I like to have as few things running as possible, but maintaining all the functionality that I want, right? And so I have keyboard maestro running. It does my clipboard. It does lots of my automation. And I started looking while we were doing the show here and found a gesture trigger inside keyboard maestro. This is not what what I would want for this. And it it immediately became obvious that I was doing something very dangerous while recording a podcast, because what the gesture is, is as soon as you add the gesture trigger to one of your macros, it expects you to draw a shape with the mouse, a gesture, if you will. And then that becomes the trigger for whatever action you are doing. But I, <laughs> yeah, so I realized I was accidentally creating a gesture that I'm sure I could accidentally invoke, and that might be really bad. And uh, never remember. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So I quickly deleted that from the macro that I was looking at, uh, but there might be something in there. I just didn't want to find it in real time after that particular stumble. So, so I recall now why I moved the quick note button to the left bottom, because yeah. my whole life... The lower right corner is disable screensaver. And I just kind of depend on it being there, slam the mouse to the right corner. Yeah. And and the thing is, I could have added a keyboard, you know, a, sure. a, a modifier key. Right. But then I'd never have remembered it. No, See, you having it in the lower that's left right. corner, I built muscle memory already, and that's where it lives. That's where it lives. But I forgot how I got it there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So thank you for whoever whoever uh hot corners sent me to hot corners. Yeah, All hot corners is helpful. And mystery hot, solved. Hot corners is is somewhat buried. It's it's in desktop and system preferences, desktop and screensaver, screensaver, and then hot corners dot 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 uh is in the lower right hand corner. And and as you pointed out, Bob, perhaps perhaps accidentally you can set modifier keys for uh, for these things when you select. So, yeah. yeah I, so you can have up to five uh, or however many keys you've got. But for each corner, you could yeah. have four or five actions. Yeah. That's no, right. you can't. You can only have one at a time for each corner. Is that right? You can't. Well, try it. How are you going to do it? It's a menu. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So, yeah, I was thinking you, you Technically, can use up to five keys, but you can only have one that's active it's for that assigned. corner at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. All right. I need to dig into Keyboard Maestro for this because I feel like, well, certainly if I can't do it with Keyboard Maestro, then Better Touch Tool is right there and and would do all of these things. So, do you, you, you are you still a, a Better Touch Tool user, John? I know you were messing with it for a little while, but I wasn't sure if that was still a thing for you. Um, yeah, with the add-on for the, uh, touch bar. Right. You still have a touch um, bar laptop. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Golden right. chaos is the, uh, yeah, it actually makes the touch bar useful. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> if maybe well, if it has Apple... like a, you know, it shows the time. It has a weather widget, um, all, all sorts of things. Mm. And if you press them, you get more details. Um, yeah. Calendar things. Well, some of it, some of it's built in with the OS, but this, this adds a lot more functionality. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. I played with better touch tool for a while, but Logitech came out with a new version of their Logi options that works pretty well with my mouse. So I've switched back to it. 
Um, but that could change at any time. Sure. Are, are you using a Logitech mouse or? Does I it, am. Oh, okay. Yes. I wasn't sure if you. And that's it, why I was holding God. it up. It's it's a MX Master Three. Yeah. And you know, it's just I I could get better touch tool to do everything that the Logitech stuff does. Sure. But it also had so much else that I was spending a lot of time looking for other stuff I could do. Yeah. It was again like um, running OmniFocus or something. I spent more time playing with setup than I did actually working. It's like I was always looking for one more thing I could do with that side wheel. Yeah. yeah. So I switched back to Logitech software, which is streamlined and just does what I need. And it's been working pretty well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I love this mouse. It's like I, I try other stuff. I've tried a million times to become a trackball enthusiast, a trackpad enthusiast. But given the choice, my hand wants that mouse yeah. with three buttons, you know, or seven buttons actually on this mouse or nine buttons. I, I guess my time with a laptop has has made the trackpad super comfortable for me, right? I mean, you, you kind of have to uh, uh, adapt to that and at least incorporate it into your workflow, even if it's not a replacement. Uh, I use a trackpad, a Magic Trackpad 2 or Pro or whatever the heck the name of the current model is down on my Mac Mini in the office. But I have one, but I, I prefer my mouse. Yeah, and I have the old one up here in the studio but for whatever reason, I gravitate to this old. I mean, it looks disgusting. Yeah, I, yes, the show is an audio show, so we we try to keep things uh, from being visually reliant most of the time. But I wouldn't even show this on the video because I'm embarrassed <laughs> of how terrible it looks. But you know, it's just this old it razor works. mouse. It's a wired mouse, and it works. And I, it's what I'm comfortable with. Do and it's probably because you know, doing the show, I have so many things going on. That it's like, all right, the parts of my brain that can just be on autopilot, let's just leave those on autopilot and, and the mouse the mouse tends to work okay for those. Sure. And I don't use the keyboard on my laptop as my keyboard very often. Yeah. Only if I'm not home. And ninety nine percent of the time it's on a roost stand. Sure. And I'm not using the keyboard or trackpad. Uh, everything's hooked up to a dock and a big screen and another and, and an iPad. So I have three screens now and sure. you know, keyboard. And so, so uh, I've just never made the switch. I've never gotten comfortable enough. And, and I know I can do everything the mouse does and more on yep. the trackpad. If I just force myself and I try every so often, I've got one right here. I, take the mouse away and try to make myself use it. And, you know, in a couple of days, I'm like, oh, where's my mouse? I feel like you got mittens on again. Where's my mouse? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's how, that's why there's I'm options. An old, I'm an iconoclast. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm old. I'm a Luddite. <laughs> uh, I, there's this thing that has been coming up for me lately, and I realized actually after listening to – a recent episode of ATP, the uh, the 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 accidental tech podcast, that I am not alone, and that this is not a problem unique to my setup here in the studio. I would routinely come up here, but not always come up here, and have my computer wake from sleep, only to realize none of my uh, peripherals were attached the way I wanted them to be. And this is relatively new, last month or so. 
Right. And uh, and so it's like, what's going on? And and I would restart the Mac, but that wouldn't necessarily fix it. Uh, if I shut it down and turned it back on, that would fix it. And then I realized just taking the power out of it was only things connected to one of my Thunderbolt uh, device. It was a Thunderbolt hub. And so I realized if I just pull power from that Thunderbolt hub, reapply power, then it's fine. And then it's fine for a few days and then it goes away again. Okay. Well, I know what the problem is and I know why it appears to be intermittent for me. This happens. CalDigit sorted this out. Uh, This happens with 12.3 and 12.3.1. It is newly introduced and it is when the uh, Mac wakes from sleep, the Thunderbolt connection does not get renegotiated. The way to fix it is one of two ways. And CalDigit points both of these out. Number one is disable sleep mode on your Mac so that your Mac never goes to sleep. And then you won't have this problem. You can still let display sleep happen, but just don't let, you know, what we'll call motherboard sleep or whatever the the rest of the sleep is. So that's that's number one. But number two was far more informative to me, given the path I just explained. Reconnect the Thunderbolt dock on each OS reboot before your computer goes into sleep. It only needs to be done once per reboot. And as longtime listeners might remember, my Mac in the studio is, ske- is scheduled to automatically reboot once a week on Thursday mornings. So that's why occasionally I come up and it's all disconnected. But most of the time I come up and it's fine because I fix it by doing this reconnection and then it stays fine until the next time I reboot. Clearly something Apple can and hopefully will because I think they need to fix in software. But have either of you experienced these things? I had a similar issue where occasionally when I rebooted my uh, uh, anchor dock, yeah. my anchor Thunderbolt dock would switch to green light, which is not powered. Yep. And then all, all I had to do to fix it was notice that it was green lighted and turn the power on, press the power button once. Interesting. That brought it back. But this was a couple months ago, and it's gone away, I think, after <laughs> Apple. point three and point three one. Apple giveth, Apple taketh away. <laughs> it hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. And I kind of was wondering about it because nothing else has changed. I haven't changed the devices that are connected, right. the monitors, nothing. But all of a sudden, it's I, I haven't seen the green light in like a month or two. What kind but of for a long time I was getting that just occasionally, not all the time, but some reboots would cause the green light, and the solution was to repower the dock. What kind of uh, is it an M1, an Apple yes, Silicon M1, Mac? M1, okay. M1 uh, MacBook Air? Okay, so I don't have this problem down in the office where I have also lots of Thunderbolt devices, and again, I, there's obviously. Some specific some interaction, right? But and Cal I, Digit knows what it is. They probably do. I mean, I guess his other world computing knows what it is too. Probably. I don't, I don't have an. It's mine is an OWC uh, device that I need to reset. But I mean, it's all Thunderbolt, right? So right. Uh, and Cal Digit and OWC both know what they're doing with the Thunderbolt stuff, as far as I'm able to tell. So, uh, but I don't. I you know I was wondering if this was 
uh, Intel versus Apple Silicon, because I'm, I'm still Intel here in the studio. I'm Apple Silicon downstairs. I'm not interested in replicating this scenario. (laughs) It's too much headache. But John, have you experienced this with any of your Thunderbolt hubs? Um, No, I have the uh, OWC, I think, 11 port. Same. Um, Yeah. So all I have plugged into it at the moment is USB-A devices. Okay. Yeah, because I, you know, I did make some changes here. I added this, you know, this third monitor behind me and I'm super reliant on Thunderbolt right now because my my Personas Quantum 2626 is the audio interface that my entire world relies on. And that is Thunderbolt. Now, I love it because it's Thunderbolt. It's like super efficient and it's, I love the preamps in it, too, but it's just like like the latency on it is so low. I actually had to artificially add latency when I moved to it, Bob, because I was so used to hearing the delays <laughs> that USB incurred. <laughs> That's funny. So it took me, I had to wean myself off of, of those, those, uh, those buffers. Reducing it. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. All right. Um, I want to, I'm trying to think of where to go here with the time that we have left. It, it, photos is a thing, I think, that, that, that is of interest to you, Bob, right? You, you do enough yes. with photos. All right. So let's, let's go to. But before you do that. Yes, sir. I would like to say I'd rather you do the Moom. Uh, All right. Deal, because I wrote a column about Moom and Stay recently. Then, John, will you take us to listener Bob's? Uh, comment, but not on, this listener, Bob. On, right, different listener, Bob. Uh, comment on show nine nineteen about uh, we were talking about Moom and and stay and and I said I use stay because it it allows me to granularly and specifically customize my window placement and I said I don't think Moom does that and uh, and listener Bob that's not Doctor Mac wrote in and you've got his email in front of you I think. Yes. Um, so Bob says, I strongly suspect you have already received Moom information on how to save a window arrangement, but I figured I would pass along my experience with Moom as well as stay. Moom, preferences, custom, plus sign, arrange window. Will allow you to memory uh, memory the current open window sizes and arrangement position on the screens. When you first create a new arrange window preference, you get to save snapshot. After that, you can update snapshot as you decide to rearrange things or add additional open windows to your arrange window preference. Note, I first used stay as I could more easily understand how stay worked, but over time I found that it would not always work correctly. And after a while it got annoying. Um, this was mostly associated with multiple iTerm2 windows and tabs. I would find that sometimes the wide windows with multiple tabs would turn into narrow windows or the other way around. Uh, so I decided to look more closely at Moom, and after some Google searches, I found the Arrange Window Preference. Uh, I've been able... I've been using Moom for about two years, and I found it works better for me, especially being able to update my existing Arrange Window Preference with changes. Interesting. All right. I'm going to have to dig back into Moom. Bob, Bob, uh, you, you I are a- own both. Okay. I owned Moom until you guys talked about stay. Then I bought stay and tried it. Okay. So here's my issue. I want something that will just 
remember things like where I like my mail window. Yeah. And automatically put it back there if it's not there. Cause I wake my Mac up and it moves windows around and shrinks them and, and changes the, the monitor they're on and everything is a mess. And what I want is when I wake it up for it to go, Hey, this isn't right. Boom. Stay does that. Now yes. <clears throat> I'm not saying Moom doesn't. Moom does, but it requires a keystroke. I just oh. want it to happen. Same. So oh. stay will do that, but it's not consistent. It doesn't always. I have a keystroke when it doesn't. Yeah. But for me, it, it was a better option because I don't change it. Right. I've got a whole layout that's just done. And if I were to change it, I would just memorize the new layout and that would <laughs> automatically recur. Um, but that's the key for me is I don't want to have to like go, oh, they're out of order again. What's the keystroke for that? I, I just oh, want yeah. them to go back where they belong. Yeah, and I need Stay does that. And it says rearranging windows while it's doing it. So I know that, you know, like, oh, they came up in the wrong places, but they're moving back like by magic. Yeah, I want them to be like Jojo and Sweet Letter Martin. I, they got to just get back to where they once belonged. And uh, <laughs> Well, Stay, stay th theoretically does that, and yeah. when it doesn't, I can use my keystroke. I could never find a way, and I like Moom. I have no problem with it, but I couldn't find a way to make it automatically. To automate. Yeah, no, the, the automation of Stay is the thing. Like, when I wake up, run that instead of having the keystroke. And I probably could hook it up with uh, Keyboard Maestro yeah. now that I think about it. Yeah. Hey, I'm a registered owner of both. When I have time, I'll play with maybe, I don't know. Yeah, no, because so I, I, I have to say, though, um, I've been happy with, what's it called? Stay. Stay. <laughs> so yeah. it's what's running now, and it seems to be working most of the time. Yep. So... Right, and they're about the same price. Once uh, I think Moom is ten bucks and Stay yeah. was fifteen. The, yeah, the cost is is is. I mean, if it, for the functionality they deliver, it is absolutely worth it, and you won't think about it again. But you will. Why love. has this been in every version of Mac OS ten since time immemorial? It, it is definitely a bug when you put a window somewhere. And when you wake up, the window has magically moved somewhere else. Yeah, what what's up with that? Well, it's yeah. I, I call it a long-standing bug. I agree. Yeah. Why is it? Why? Why do these products need to exist? I ju I should just put it somewhere, and it stays. Like, why? Why does there need to be an app called Stay? Why isn't it just a function? A base like table stakes functionality. Yeah. Not only that, the the guy can make a living with an app like Stay over multiple versions of the operating system. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, why, why don't you Sherlock that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're going to Sherlock something, you know. All right. Hey. Your uh, younger folks probably don't know what we're. <laughs> no, it's probably to kids. You're, you might have to ask your parents about Sherlocking. Bob, we are running out of. We, we are at the point where we would end the episode. However, you're here. I have a visual aid. <laughs> yes, and, and you have a cool stuff found that you're going to tell people about, but I'm going to highly encourage folks to watch the video. I will make sure that this is one of the things that Sadie clips out. This so that, is very visual. So that you don't have to uh, scrub through the, the video, but of course you can scrub through. In fact, you don't even have to scrub through. You know, we put chapter numbers 
in everything that we do. So your favorite podcatcher, including Apple's podcast app, supports this. You you just go and tell it which chapter you want to go to. And, you know, if you didn't want to hear about Moomin's Day, but you did want to hear about this, you just go to this chapter and you're good to go. Uh, the the beautiful thing is if you're watching this on, on YouTube, the entire, the full stream, you just go into the YouTube description and I make sure we put the chapter numbers and timestamps there. Click on a timestamp in that YouTube description. It will magically bring you right to this point. So these chapter marks are there for you to use. If you didn't know they were there, maybe that's one of the one of the five things you learned today, too. And I, for one, appreciate that you put them in because it does make listening better for me. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's I mean, it's good feedback. We've heard that. I, you're not the only one, but uh, I feel like it's something it's just something obviously we do every week, but. I feel like it's something that most people don't know about, and I always forget to mention it. So uh, so thank you for letting me take the time to do that, folks. Now, Dr. Mac has a cool stuff found. It's actually one we've talked about before, but it's been a long time. Well, and I'm going to write a column about it pretty soon. I've been I, I, I actually just got another kind of this thing that okay. I want to play with before I write about them. But it's called the Twinkly Lights. And uh, the one that I've got that I'm going to show you is called Strings. Okay. And it's 250 addressable LEDs. Now, what's different about that? What's unique about that? Well, uh, each individual LED is mapped, and you can then make it do things like this. So Bob, Bob is showing patterns of lights uh, that he, I guess you, you drilled holes in. I, this is a piece of wood I built. Okay. And there's 250 holes. Okay. Th that's not the only way you could use. No, this. no. And I'm going to tell you why it's so cool, but not only will it do stuff like this. Look here. He's showing an American flag, flag pattern. And it also will dance to, if I were playing music, I could get it to respond to music, yeah. which is really cool. All right, so that's that's kind of what it does. Now, what's so cool about it is the way it orients those dots is by pointing your camera at it, and it records, uh, it, it looks and says, okay, and it lights them all up in sequence, and it says, okay, light number one is there, light two yeah. is there. You could put them on a wall. I a, did this on pattern. my Christmas tree Christ years ago. It, they were designed for Christmas trees, but it turns out because of the app, they're suitable for any light. Do whatever you want. I mean, the, the, you've yeah. got two 10-foot strings of 125 lights. And, and it can, doesn't matter. This is the the, the, the part that the I want to make sure people don't, uh, don't lose here is that it doesn't matter how you lay them out. You don't need to worry about where light number one is. You Like for, for us on the Christmas tree, we just strung them up on the tree. You know, and then with, point with, the camera, and the camera does all the work. Yeah, it lights them all up. Uh, I think yellow or something, and and as you move around the tree, it starts changing the color to okay. Now it's green. I know about those. Go over here, and I'll keep changing whatever it changes it to. It doesn't matter. But it's it's got this idiot proof process, and then yeah. it's got all these built in. Uh, effects so you know like these stars and and swirls and that stuff's all built in you don't have to do anything but you can also do things yourself like for example you can write your name with your that finger was going to be my question screen. how, do, how yes. do you how do you program this there's a and bunch the answer of is you can to a to a limited degree you can't okay. do everything that it 
that you can do with presets, but you can do a lot of stuff yeah. custom. And and you you do it on your phone. It's not yes. like you have to like when, when mm. to use the word program is technically accurate, but probably misleading. More like assemble. Yeah, you just I mean you just draw specify. with your finger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's fun stuff. I I, I we love these things on the Christmas tree because it I, you know this was really fun. I I made the wood thing because I wanted to be able to take it in like whatever room I want to hang it in. Yeah. What I like is I can say to it, um, turn blue forty percent, right. and it responds to voice. It doesn't. As far as I can tell, it doesn't let you call up a preset by voice. Oh, interesting. But it will do colors. I think it will do uh, pulsing. You know, I think you can say pulse blue. Okay. I know you can say a percentage, so it can act as a room light, and you can go anywhere from, I guess, 10% or 1% to 99 or 100%. Sure. Um, but for the uh, presets, you got to use your phone as far as I can tell. I'm going to find out because that wouldn't, I mean, it, it already responds to voice for some things. Yeah. I can't imagine it would be that big a deal yeah, to I be able was, to say, show I, the shooting star. I thought I was pulling up presets with the Amazon A-Lady interaction. Now, now that might work. Yeah. I'm talking about the S-Lady now. I haven't even set up the um, a lady because the s lady's always on my wrist or my yeah, pocket fair. Or, yeah fair, for sure yeah, yeah i yeah, set yeah. her up for other things like my office lights half of them don't aren't home kit so of course the well, a lady is office lights off right right well we should do a a, a deep dive into home kit or home bridge yes. and and hoobs so that uh so that you can set up hoobs at home at wherever your new home is bob and yes uh, you know you i know. get to start over so, i get to like Five of things that I so want. So does it have? So how do you talk to it? Is it Bluetooth or? It's Wi-Fi. It is connected. It's Wi-Fi. It's connected oh, okay. via Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. And you just you just say to the S lady, you know, uh, I mine are named Twinkly Lights. Yes. So I say set Twinkly Lights to blue fifty percent, and oh. that happens. So cool. It's sweet. Yeah, it, you and, know, it's and they're fun. they're not that expensive. No. Uh, this this thing was I think ninety nine dollars. Uh, 250 lights and there's other kinds uh different different led types and different configurations i think there might be some that are uh fewer bulbs and less expensive and i, I think there's even bigger yeah. configurations so there's a bunch of options and it's pretty fun I, i've really had a good time both looking at it and and you know building the holder for it yeah uh, I like building stuff out of wood. Cool. That's my new passion. Hey, you, uh, you know, you are not alone. I was listening to uh, David Sparks on the, uh, I forget which podcast. I think it was the Focus podcast the other day. And, uh, you know, he is, he has, he is a recovering attorney now and uh, professional podcaster, of course. And he's getting into, back into woodworking as well. So, yeah. I Bob, love that. I want to thank you for coming on the show, my friend. This has been uh, this has been great. It's it's we love my it. pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Keep me on the list uh, you, for fill in host. You are on the you are on the pilot Pete sub list for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed it. No, it's great, Bob. I, I I assume most people listening have heard of you or probably heard you before, but. If people want to follow the work you're doing now, where where is the best place for them to do that? 
levitas.com, which will uh, say workingsmarterformacusers.com because I haven't gotten around to changing it. Okay. But levitas.com will take you there. Great. And some of my woodworks are up there. Uh, you can also hire me as a consultant. And I think that's it for the website for now. Cool. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, in the We have our, our Discord uh, channel is going very strong. In fact, it's been fantastic. Uh, but uh, Fernando Alleman, and I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, in the chat room when I mentioned that we should do a deep dive on hoobs, said that he would love a deep dive on hoobs. And instantly it hit me what we're going to do next. Uh, I think we're going to do an interactive user group, you know, style Zoom presentation discussion. I don't even want to call it a presentation, but a, a you know, a collaborative discussion on Hoobs and Homebridge. And we'll just schedule it for some evening at, you know, where we can all just come in and hang out and we'll we'll do it in in Discord. It'll be a great use of our, our new Discord channel. You can join Discord at MacGeekUp.com slash Discord. But I think it'd be a blast to, to just hang out, really. And we can have a topic. We can talk about Hoobs. But really, we're just going to hang and we'll do that. It's and like then, a user group for the new millennium. Exactly. I, it, it hit me that as I was reading this comment, like just now, like, you know, if some user group asked me to do a hoops thing, I would do it and I would like spend a day traveling down and back to do this. Like, wait, why can't I do this with all of our listeners? Like, this is crazy. Of course we're going to do I this. I like it. Yeah, of course we're going to do this. Yeah. All right. So that's coming. Think about other things. We, we're also going to do one on Plex, too, because I know that there's a lot of us. Plex was one of those things that uh, I, that user groups would ask me to teach. But in person, teaching Plex, you know, one to, you know, even if it's just 15 people, but certainly 150 people, it doesn't work because you need to see you. Basically, you need to be over my shoulder so that you can see the details of my screen while I'm showing you what I do with Plex. And then invariably, you're going to show me what you do with Plex, which is different. And then we all learn from each other. Well, when pandemic hit and every user group moved to Zoom, I was like, ah, wait, opportunity knocks because now everyone is looking over my shoulder. Doesn't matter if there's one person or a hundred people, you're all seeing my screen as close as you want to see it in your own home. So yeah, we can hoobs is the same thing as Plex. It's it's not I can talk in general about it, but if if I if you want to learn it, you gotta see it and you gotta interact with it. It's just like Plex. So yeah, we'll do these things. I'm so excited. I don't know if you could tell. (laughs) So join our Discord channel. We'd love to have you there. John, anything you want to share before we uh, pull the ripcord on this thing? Nope. All right. Folks, thank you for hanging out with us, Bob. Again, thank you for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. Make sure you check out our sponsors, the ones we mentioned in the episode, of course, helixsleep.com slash MGG, ZocDoc.com slash MGG, Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MGG. And of course, you can go to MacGeekab.com slash sponsors and see all of them there. I will also point out that the search engine at MacGeekab.com is super valuable now because it's only searching MGG episodes. There is one more thing. What's this, Bob? What are you saying? One more thing. What one more thing are you talking? I I already told him about the things and the... Don't get caught. Of course. Thank you, Bob. 